Welcome back to Spirit Squared. I'm Andrew Darrington, your host. We're here for episode 15. Josh, I remember last summer we were talking about this podcast and, you know, just sitting in the lobby here at the Beckham and pitching ideas. Prior to this, I was doing some sampling up in the ballroom and and that was great during COVID, but after COVID, we kind of transitioned to this podcast. It's really been fun. It's been a lot more fulfilling than I ever thought it would be. Thanks so much for joining me on this ride. We've got a great guest again. We're here at the Beckham. I also want to mention our sponsors, Thomas Red Construction, a great sponsor. We also have Vault Arms and the Humidor. They're, both, they're all three sponsors of ours and we appreciate their participation with us we have a great guest tonight josh betts he is co-owner of dead cat ranch i, I got it right that time yeah um <laughs> so so great to have him on but first and foremost i wanted to introduce you to our, our port our first port here we've got uh duality it's a double malt it's finished in canel noir um, it's made by ASW, who is out, out of Atlanta. You didn't get any of this, Josh. You need to grab a little bit of it here in just a second. It is, Duality was was introduced to me the first time by the Garden Valley pick. Uh, we took a big chance by, by taking it. It's got a smoky flavor to, to it. It's really good with a cigar. So we're going to start there. Uh, kind of a, a light, creamy uh, start to our journey here. Here you go. And uh, so, Josh, you are, by virtue of your hat, a, a, a from Kansas City. You grew up in Kansas City. I grew up in Kansas. So okay, um, Kansas. Salina, Kansas is my hometown. So gotcha. Just pretty much smack dab in the middle of the state. Uh, population about forty-five thousand. So grew up there. Went to high school. All that left uh went to college at kent state university so did my four years there ran track played rugby for the club team different ventures was uh but you're on your, so when you were growing up kansas city chiefs they were just okay just okay right yeah. but now you have a dynasty but now it's completely different from <laughs> right so it's it's uh it's been crazy kind of being down here and i'm seeing Chiefs here, exactly. Yeah, it feels like being back home almost, just because I can see everybody uh, wearing team, you know, colors, team jerseys. Everybody's cheering for them. Right. Um, Twelfth year. Yeah. Don't get trouble for me saying. I'm not a big Dallas fan. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> so, so you know, it's great not having to deal with you know the, the all the Dallas fans. Right. You know, it seems like all of them are converting over to KC Chiefs fans. So it's it's good. I can actually cheer for a team with my wife because Dallas. I'm like I don't really care. Right. And now you know we're both cheering for them, and we get to watch the games together. But yeah, I mean, you guys live close to White House. Uh, we live kind of by Berkshire's Brush. So that's right. Like that's right. So. Yeah, so I have a location in White House, and it's like crazy there because you know Pat grew up there, and, and so it's they all the the people in White House take pride in kind of like I guess you know raising him a little bit to a certain degree, even though he's been gone for a long period of time. I definitely didn't see him as a player like this in college. I didn't. 
I saw kind of a running gun, Johnny Manziel type of guy. And now you see a guy who has a ton of experience, has like just Tom Brady type of pizzazz and just calmness in the toughest parts of the game. Yeah, he's, he's fun to watch. Maybe I'm not a, I don't like to watch sports too much on TV. Yeah. I love being at the games in the atmosphere, watching things live. It's great, but. He made it fun to watch on TV for me. So it, it's uh, definitely one of those. That we can see him from his early days at, as the uh, Chiefs and the Washington Reeds. It was a little more wild and throwing more, you know, no look behind the back pass, right. things like that. But you can kind of see what uh, Coach Reed has, has done with him and yeah. you know, kind of calming down, still has those plays, those, you know, streaks of greatness and like, how did he pull that off type of. Uh, plays and throws and everything, but we definitely see the, the maturity happening now with him and everybody else on the team. Yeah, are you texting people back home during the Super Bowl or like friends, family, and I stuff? Know, sometimes I, you know, stay on Facebook and everybody's calling me. <laughs> so, you know, now I have Kansas people calling me on things. And yeah, you missed this call. Well, that's a makeup call. So, or Yeah, last uh, two years I've been lucky enough to be able to make a bag and go to see a game. So, yeah, it's, it's always been good. Yeah, yeah. So, you grow up in Kansas. You go to school. You go to K State. You're you're doing track. You're you're rugby, which yeah, I've never I played personally. So yeah, it's a pretty uh, tough tough sport. So I was done with track, and then one of my roommates played uh, for the club team there. And when I moved in with him, he's like, "Hey, you haven't done track anymore. Why don't you come play rugby?" I'm like, "Yeah, they no." I mean, 170 pounds, right? skinny. I'm like, dude, they, they look like you. And he's, you know, your typical, stereotypical um, rugby player. Yeah, big ball. Yeah, and one's tape wrapped around his head, looking back guy. So um, he's like, now you're one of the, the fast free boys. We'll put you in the back line. So convinced me to come out. Did a, did a practice with him. Had a good time. It's fun. Um, left practice and they're like, hey, we got our alumni game this weekend. Why don't you come out, check it out, kind of learn about it, see how it's played, see the rules. And as his link, he's like, hey, you need a rain kit. What are you talking about? He's like, they're going to put you in. I'm like, I've been to one practice. I have no clue what I'm doing. He's like, you better bring something with you. They're going to put you Bring right. bring what with you? You have to bring cleats and cleats and oh, yeah. pads or white yeah. white pads or no pads. So oh, yeah, yeah, they kind of wear a little like Under Armour to get yeah. on some of the guys, but yeah, no, like just some your shorts and t-shirt and make sure you bring some cleats with you. And so I, you know, had a pair of cleats and brought those along. And sure enough, they're like, "Hey, go get in." You're just, out. You're just running in. Like, I don't know what to do. They're like. It's made from the guys the ball, tackle them. If you have the ball and you're about to get tackled, pass it off to somebody. It's a, it's so a, that was it. And that was, you know, just, it's like you're throwing me off the end of the deep end trying to learn to swim. It's like a, a game of two hand touch that in your front yard that turns into tackle. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was my initiation in the, in the rugby, but it was fine. And so, yeah, I played it the team semester that I had left there and then continued on and, Played in Colorado when I was out there and played back home in Salina, Kansas State uh, and started a team, so I jumped on that. So what, what made you move to Colorado? Was it a career? Just uh, gone out, went skiing with uh, some of my friends. They 
had a roommate that needed some money because theirs moved out and I had a large car ride up there and always wanted to live out there. So um, got done with my trip and they're like, hey, I'm like, are you really serious about yeah, being on me to roommate? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, let me think about it. So my nine hour drive back to Kansas City or whatever, I uh, thought about it. And so I'm like, yeah, let me come back out here in a couple of weeks, see if I can find a job, mm-hmm. drove back out. Uh, interviewing cheap places, found some work, and and then I spent my two weeks at my job in KC and moved out, lived out there for two or three years. Wow! And after that, yeah, met my wife online, kind of through that, and everything. What part of that? First moved out to Fort Collins. So okay. I lived up there for about six months. Um, had a great time. It was a cool town, old town, sponge. You've never been there. You go down to old town. All kinds of great things to do. Then I just happened to be going up in the mountains more, and and so I wanted to be a little closer. So I moved down to Denver, and I knew I down there. And by that point, so you know, we moved down to Denver, getting a uh, system manager job for one of the big landscape companies down there, and had a great time. You know, it would be on the mountains, go yeah every weekend, uh, go up for a quick hike or whatever. Right, uh, slopes in the winter and rafting in the summers. Had great time. It's it's awesome up there. We we lived in Amarillo for six years, and that's where we went during mostly mud season. Okay, we go up there and and um, oh, swim ski, but we did the rafting. We did uh, hiking, biking, uh, mostly in Vale, either Vale or Winter Park. Yeah, uh, both places. We were parked a lot. Good, uh, I was living there, Vitamin Water had a special going on. Buy like 10 of those, you get a lift ticket. Oh, so for you know, 12 bucks, you get a lift ticket versus the 80, 90 bucks of us. Then, right. So nice. yeah, I took advantage of that and, you know, around to learn arts, get you uh, the Widow Jane section. Yeah. On. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Greg's probably one of my favorite towns up there. But, so you meet your wife there in Colorado? Yeah, kind of kind of met her online, and so um, she actually told me not to tell the story. <laughs> Go ahead, please. So, um, yeah, she was in Baylor at the time. Oh, wow! Uh, just kind of gone through a breakup. Yeah, and so her and her brand uh, roommate were in the house one night, and she's on the computer on MySpace. Oh yeah, that was absolutely for the younger listeners. It was uh, pre Facebook, right? This <laughs> is so for real. Um, but she found that through all their filters, you could find your your perfect match. Oh, and like Match dot com yeah, or Match dot com. Yeah. So they're having you know they wander later that night and kind of going through all these filters. Damn that! Yeah. All this in. Put all her uh, factors in the filter and then. Like three pages in the US pop up, and I happened to be on one of them. So she was like, Hey, seems like he has a lot in common with me. So she messaged me through this. Yeah. And, uh, and it hit your pager. Did it hit your page? Yeah, it hit no, it did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I get a, you know, I'm only been on my speech for a couple of months. I'm like, Cool. Yeah. 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 Messages for the middle. And uh, so look at her profile. She had, 
skydiving pictures on these high adventure type stuff. Nice. Like, so this is for you. How to be leery of catfishing and all that type of stuff. So I messaged you back. We talked for in quite a while doing messenger. We should start talking on the phone and probably about a year later, I fly down to Dallas and meet up with her and hang out for the weekend. And I started doing a little long distance dating. Yeah. Right after six months, kind of broke up because uh, it wasn't quite the right time yet. And then a couple of years later, we're still talking like Facebook at that point. Right. And so she was putting out her company Christmas party and um, I just kind of joked around like, hey, you need a date? And she's like, well, actually, yeah. So came down here and went to her party and I out for the weekend and still had that connection. So started going to long distance dating. <laughs> here we go again. Yeah. Just kind of back and forth between Kansas and Colorado at that point. And yeah. About, you know, three or four months in, you know, things are going good. So I'm just like, hey, I'm kind of playing where I can go wherever I want to right now. Why don't I come down, check it out? You know, see if this is, you know, something real or not. Like, it works out. Awesome if it doesn't. Yeah. I can just move back or whatever. So, I'm actually, like, all right, as long as you have a place to, to stay, you know, a job, you know, each other girls' nights. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be up for it. So, you just say I'm still here 14 later. So, wow. 14 years later, it's still worked out. So, yeah, that was a big That's how you came down to Texas. Yeah, that's a big, that's a huge yeah. move. You started here in Tyler? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she, out of Mailer, she came to Tyler. Yeah, she was back in Tyler by that point. Yeah, her family's from here. Correct. Yeah, got it, got it. So where does Krav Maga come into play? Krav Maga, yeah. Maga, so, sorry. No, you're good. Yeah. Probably 8% of people pronounce it that way. Okay, so, got it. Uh, Krav Maga is what the Israeli military force uses for their hand-in-hand uh, -hand combat training. So, but as in... Colorado, one of my good friends there, he's ex-military, uh, he's a Marine uh, reconnaissance cyber. And so he wasn't, he was out of the military by that point. So he's like, I'm looking for a new, we're gonna get back into training and similar this. He's like, yeah, interested. And I'm like, yeah, well, there's might do some type of self-defense. Sure. So he's like, let me like things, I'll see what I find, I'll get back with you. So he sent me uh, a link to his school to go from God, I'm like, it's like they taught us, you know, you know, a couple of days of this and, and training one time and it seems pretty cool. I'm going to check out. I'm going to check out with you. So I go into school, kind of like rugby and just enjoy the first class. Yeah. And I had fun and uh, then I started training and, and uh, so started out in Colorado doing it. So I did about two years there. And then there was a school here when I moved here. So I mean, he did it down here, got my instructor's lessons. Um, and so it's been fun. We do to do private trainings. So I don't have a, a school or anything to do with that. But if people want private lessons or go to their business and I'll do a um, kind of a class or whole office building. It's day one. Learn how that do situation awareness, what to do if I'm going to get attacked in the parking lot, things like that. Can do that. Uh, I have a Nonprofits. I've done a couple of women's groups every year. I do a uh, demo presentation for girl power, mm. uh, a yearly event. So it's for sixth grade girls. And so I go in there and uh, bring one of my friends. Uh, she helps me out. And so, and that kind of starts off the 
the presentation I run out attacker we do a full well demo and I just escalate everything just on a bear hug right to so, um you know basically attacking her with at gunpoint gender's done event so and girls are all the chin right for that and so I get the these girls you know. it and then we kind of briefly talk about you know what they need to look out for in situational awareness and then you know some uh few steals and stuff and then make it to hit the pad so they, they enjoy it and it's one of their favorite sessions during the yeah but watch it you get beat up right yeah actually that's the favorite part <laughs> of the session thing watching me get beat up and then they get to hit the pads and it's always fun if you are in need of top-notch firearms firearm accessories or ammunition visit vault arms in tyler they have a wide range of rifles pistols and in-house gunsmithing for special customizations. Vault Arms also has a high-quality shooting range, the only one in Tyler. For more information, give them a call at 903-705-7026 or visit them on the web at vaultarms.com. Um, is there, do you have like a, a link or something that you promote that I, with or is it just word of mouth? Usually word of mouth. On me on Facebook, you can get me through the, the ranch website or anything like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, now at the ranch, you have a aware camp every year. Yep. A bunch of people that come down from Kansas City, people from the metro. Definitely areas. want to get into that. Yeah. Because um, when you were telling me about that earlier, I was like, what? Yeah, so it's basically a, a weekend. We do that at the ranch and organization affiliated with the main guys out in Pennsylvania, so he brings a bunch of people down, a lot of kids come down uh, this area. And so there's probably about 30, 50 people up there. Wow. On the weekend. And we do uh, jiu-jitsu training. We do probably got steps, gun defenses, um, pistol training, rifle training. So it's just, yeah, just to know what the theme is that here, but getting all kinds of skill sets through the whole weekend and done. Third party defenses, carjacking situations. Yeah, before we get into hot heavy into the what you guys do out of the ranch, how how did you get involved in the ranch? Like, how, what what stage were you in when you when you finally said, "Hey, look, I need to either was it already established or did you guys found it?" So it's it's been my wife's family. So okay. that's her her father. Um, has had it for 40 plus years. Okay. So my first exposure to it was when I moved out here and started going out there. She's like, hey, my dad has this property out here and they had ATVs and trails and a little fun house. And it was fun to just go out. Yeah. You outdoor activities and sure. that go out there, stay the weekend, ride around on the trails, fish, shoot, all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of progressed from there and built a pool out there and then you know more places to stay so we actually had a proper place to stay when we we're out there right so it started so out as like a family cabin or yeah he like, really kind of just had a, a clubhouse out there then there's a old bunkhouse that had a few rooms in it and um, so then on the clubhouse he built a, a bedroom and then eventually he built a cabin out there so mm -hmm. this is kind of progressed and so we always like to share 
the activities with friends, we'd have these things called barn days, and you'd buy the guns out, and everybody would sky. The uh, pangs out, and then shoots, shoots clay, shoot yeah. pistols, right. hang out with the tub, go fish, go ride on long trails and all that. So right. we just make a weekend of that. And so, um, and probably 2020, how we got to the point where he's letting us kind of take over. He didn't want to have to manage the the daily stuff with the, with the ranch manager and all that. So he was like, kind of time to be asked to take over. So, you know, a few things were trying to make flow better and this and that. And then we came up with the idea of, hey, let's start doing some Airbnb stays out here. No, no. Um, yeah, we enjoy having people out here at the ranch and doing the weekends. He enjoyed having people out and experiencing the ranch. And so we just kind of talked about it and came up with this idea to have stays out there and offer all the activities. So it's kind of the creation of the cat range with the stays and a business instead of just a, a playground. Right. Yeah. I uh, I read the story on Dick Cat Ranch on kind of how the name was come up with okay. like uh, apparently there was a girl. She was in a field. She's following some butterflies and she continues to walk to find these butterflies getting closer and closer. Or she's mesmerized by them. The sun's setting and she continues to walk through. She gets into these woods where there's some, some misfits there. We'll just call them that. That's a nice way of putting it. And they're, they're not supposed to be there and they're, they're probably wanted and they're, they see her, by uh, this time it's gotten pretty dark, or it's, the sun had brought, it was in the horizon. And she's, uh, she stumbles upon them, they stand up, they're about to make a decision about what they're gonna do to her because nobody can see them. And, and then a cat comes out of nowhere that's kind of a hybrid of a couple different kind of cats, right? Yeah. Panther, uh, Wolf, cougar, you know, all this type of, yes, I mean, I'm just reading yeah. through it. And then she closed her eyes, they're all gone. So then she's like trying to make her way back. She looks back and there's the, the, the hologram or kind of the shadow of a cat on the hill that's looking back at her. And then, and then so now when the wind blows through the, prairie or through the pasture, hills, pasture, yeah. whatever, uh, when it whistles through there, some people say they hear some of the strict shrieks of, yeah. of the cat. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, did I summarize it okay? Yeah, you summarized it okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's probably been a while since I've, I've read the, the story online too, but yeah, when we first opened, because that's the big question, because it's a, a unique Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, how'd you look? And so I'm mean, like, well, th there's multiple stories around it with the the true uh, origin of the name was. And so I'm mean, like, let's uh, have a little contest. So we put it out to our followers and everything. Mm -hmm. Come up with the best campfire story or best origin story for Dead Cat Ranch. And so before that, that's Dead actually Cat. one of the, the winners of the, the contest for coming up with the best storage and story of, of 
Yeah, what was it called before? It's so, always been built that way. Oh, it's all, yeah. always. Yeah. And so I, I would assume the basis is the, sh the hearing of shrieks of a cat sound, which bobcats make. Yeah, yeah. And bobcats other make. cats make, but it's horrifying when you hear it. Yeah. So uh, wait, the, the first one was just a, a good storyteller. Yeah. She just created all that. So it's our, yeah. our legend of a cat range. Right, but you know, if you, you come out to the ranch and you talk to us, you hear the, the real horse. Yeah, it's not quite as mystic as that. But right, you hear it and get the true info on so where it came from. The ranch is located in Palestine, yes, near Palestine. Palestine. Yeah, it's just right before you get in town if you're coming from like Tyler or the end for the north. So it's about four or five minutes right side out of town. Yep, that's 1200 acres, 1200 acres. Yeah. You come in, and um, so traditional, like, I got on your website, you can log in, thecatranch.com. Thecatranch, tx.com. tx.com. You can, uh, you, you, you log in, you can select, like, corporate activities, or maybe your nonprofit, um, kind of, they talk about a little bit, what's your purpose, are you here to... Get something accomplished, yeah. or you're here to administry, or you're here to be with Avia. How many nights do you want to stay? How many people are in your party? Are there kids involved? I mean, it's pretty detailed. Yeah, we just try to make it as easy as possible for you to figure out what you want to do there. Because, you know, we have quite a few activities. We have five different places to stay, or you can actually rent the whole ranch. So we just try to get the information to you as easy as possible, try to figure out what you want to do, because you can come out and, and just sit on the porch and read your book and not be around anybody, which a lot of people like to do, or yeah. come out and take advantage of all the activities. Yeah, that's a good thing about the uh, the website, is it kind of gives you much information, tells you what the best places to stay for the, the group, Size that you have come down when and you know, if you want to rent the whole ranch, give us calls so we can kind of better figure out what you want to rent the whole ranch for and let you know. But yeah, it sleeps about 36 people total. Wow, um, moving that on. Excuse me. If you rent the whole ranch, we have six full hookup RV spots, too. Nice, um, we have five uh, RV hookups with electricity and water. You're gonna do it again, aren't you? Thinking of that, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's great for family reunions. Yeah, trying to uh, market towards some more corporate retreats. Yeah, we've had some churches come out there and do activities. Mm -hmm. um, but even if you just rent an individual cabin uh, with twelve hundred acres, you still kind of feel like you have the right place yourself. Um, but we have a one bedroom cabin, two bedroom cabin two airstreams mm -hmm. and uh, the bunkhouse sleeps about 22 people oh wow that bunkhouse is on the other side of the property so you really don't even know they're there sounds like a guy's trip or a girl's trip yeah we have we've had you know girls parties out there bachelor parties bachelor parties um girls getaways things like that so uh, it has to come for everybody you know, that Bunkhouse has its own pool and hot tub, so mm -hmm. you know you have to go over the main part to use the floor hot tub. Right. Um, so, the other thing that I liked about the website is when I was navigating through it and trying to select my days and select 
how many people I had and what kind of experience I want to have. They talked about some of the stuff y'all do out there, like events. It said, you know, are you interested in? It had like nine different things I could do. Or it was seven or eight or nine. It was it was quite a bit. We had horseback riding, right? So the activities that we have so included in KU, um walking trails, ATV trails, we're running around ATV. Uh, you can swim out there if we want to. We have a fishing pond. There's a dock out there, a gazebo. We have um, kayaks, John boats. So you can take those out on the, in the pond. We'll fish, then just take the boats out and battle around. Um, you have ATVs to it. We have axe throwing. We have a bunkhouse as a selling gay room. So we have ping pong, I think foosball table in there. Uh, and the main area has um, a little basketball goal, axe throwing, um, cornhole. So there's a lot of stuff to do out there. We have pool and hot tub at the main area too for all those guests. So the main area um, has the two cabins and two airstreams. So about maybe 20 people total over there that can use that space. And then we also have the horseback riding arrangement here does all that. So he takes you out and rides as long as you want or as little as you want. Um, basically over 12 um, can do the horseback riding. It's that extra fee, but we'll go out and we'll take you in the, the back pastures where you really don't get to see the ATV trails back there. And they usually about an hour long ride. Going through there, beautiful scenery. I bet nice pasture in order. Tree groupings and things like that. So, um, great ride. And then we do clay shooting. So, yeah, target shooting, pistol rifle, um, and then shooting classes. So, we have rifles, uh, AR, shotguns, rent, pistols, rent. So, if you know about your other stuff, you can try things out. A lot of people have never tried clay shooting, so they like to. Try that. Right. The it's harder than you think. That's it for is. sure. Um, those moving targets, they're, they're difficult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then a lot of people go and, uh, you know, they had their CCL license and had it for three years and haven't pulled a gun out since. And so uh, they actually have a place to shoot it. So they've got to do some sharpie shooting there. And some people just want to, you know, improve their skills. So I'll do a little class with them. Actually, a group of, uh, like nine guys a couple weeks ago do a big class and we did some uh, advanced uh, gun drills with them. So that was fun. And had a big actual birdie out there. So mm. nobody got hurt. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Safety say stop priority. Right. Um, um, anything I don't like, I tell them. Yeah. You know, questions asked. Thumbs over. So yeah. You're either safe or you're out. Right. Yeah. That's cool, man. Uh, any tactical areas? Do you, do you have the um, pass-throughs and things hopefully, like that? Hopefully, um, we're working on getting a, a big uh, shooting range over in the 200-yard rifle range. Right. Uh, just a range with, uh, you know, covered area to shoot from, and then do the tactical range, have steel set up, uh, maybe eventually have some, you know, competitions out there. You know, they have people, three-gun competitions or scenario competitions that they do, so just... Uh, Things out there, the law enforcement's you know, talked about coming out and get training, so it'd be nice to have that and then to come out and do it. Um, 
got a few um, events out there, like a running gun. So Old 18 Defense is a company in Texas that does running gun competitions. So okay. these competitions go out to ranges throughout Texas and they have you know, a night one and a marathon one. So they just basically go out, set up different stations throughout the ranches and you have to carry your full kit so at our ranch this year they did a kind of marathon so they set up five stations i believe and so you have to carry your rifle and pistol and all your magazines with you if you you know want water all that everything's on you and you run jog walk to each station each station is a different shooting scenario so maybe a pistol maybe a rifle maybe both so you I think I remember you on that. You weren't supposed to do it, but you did it. Yeah, I was, I was hoping to you know, just take the UTV and go shoot the stations and have fun a couple of days before, but um, yeah. schedules didn't work out. And then, so if I was going to go do it, I had to go that day that they're doing the competition. So I just threw my stuff on and kind of you know, spur of the moment ran through the course real quick. It was, it's about a four mile course, but this year they'll shoot get a show um, as many times as they wanted to. And so you're scored better on the more times you get through. Right. There's a couple of guys that basically ran a full marathon through the whole day. Oh. Uh, and shoot. Then there's years. Yeah. So I was, I was definitely impressed by that because after the four miles, it's like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need to go through again. Right. Yeah. You have to shoot stations. It's fun. We have a big about 30 foot tower in the middle of property just for this event, you know, we let people go up in that. But yeah, it's fun just kind of go out in different shooting scenarios and it's different from just shooting that paper tiger. No hunting at the Dairy Cat No, we don't do any hunting. Right. Yeah, there's quite a few hunting ranches around that area. So we just felt that logistically it was too big of a, an issue and didn't want to have people hunting and just regular guesting. So, right. What's yeah. the biggest draw to that? It's a great getaway. Yeah. A lot of, we have a lot of people from the metros coming out. Um, so they just want to get away from the city, get out of the country. It's a great place. You just come. You don't really have to leave the ranch. Every place has a full kitchen in it. You can just bring your food, cook everything there. Um, there's any stuff to you or other area to you. So you can come, relax, let do a thing, and just get away. Or you come and yeah, do everything and, and then sometimes in all the activities. So. Yeah, I saw one of the options that I thought was really cool. I haven't seen this in any of the Airbnbs I've stayed in or any of the hotels, but there was an option where you could have your room stocked daily. Which yeah, I thought was pretty cool. We do, a, we call it stock your fridge. So right. here, you're coming in, you don't have time to run the grocery store and all that. We'll do a shopping for you. Just give us your shopping list and for a small fee we'll go out and yeah. make sure everything's in the, the fridge and, and cabin for you. That's that's incredible, man. Yeah. I wish all your BBs would offer Yeah, that would be great. It's, it's great that we have, you know, staff out there that can right. handle it and do it. You know, most Airbnbs, there's nobody there you can show up and walk in. So everybody's a little thrown off when they book through Airbnb. Because we'll look to the, the website or Airbnb. And so when you're go to Airbnb, you're all really expecting kind of a full service experience out there because you know, we're having to meet everybody, sign uh, some waivers, paperwork, show them, you know, where everything is, how to get around the ranch and all that. So there's a little more 
to it than just a regular Airbnb. Yeah, absolutely. Here's one that you requested. Yeah, Midwinter's Night Grand. Yeah, it's a it's a blend of rides. It's a really good finish in four barrels. Yeah. Made by High West out of Utah. It's a, they're really cool distillery. They have a couple storefronts in Utah, but their storefront in Park City, which is up in the mountains, is my favorite. If you are looking for a reputable builder with a proven track record and a client base to back it up, give Red Construction and Development LLC a call. Red Construction offers full design build services for new construction, custom homes, and remodeling with free site evaluations. They have an A-plus rating with the BBB and are proud members of the Tyler Area Builders Association, Texas Association of Builders, National Association of Home Builders, and the Lindale Area Chamber of Commerce. Red Construction and Development LLC stands behind the exceptional quality of their work and have the expertise, the resources, and dedication to deliver the results you need on time and on budget. To learn more, give them a call at 903-630-8660 or visit them online at redconstructiondevelopment.com. Park City is a cool little town, a lot of small little shops there. And High West is there too, which is my favorite stop. Cool bottle. Yeah. Great story. Kind of a spinoff of Midwinter's Night Dream. Yeah. And so on the back of it, as the act in the scene, that kind of kind of tells you Shakespeare what he had, what he wrote in this. So anyway, it's a it's a really good pour. That was a it's a nice selection with it being still cold outside. Yeah. Um. So I'll just a little bit about some of maybe some upcoming events if you if you have any, uh, and, and then uh, wow, that second train. I don't think they have two lines, do they? Maybe they do. Huh. Um, go back to it if you got some events, and then we'll talk about something pretty interesting that you just did. Okay. So any um, any current events, see. anything coming up soon? Um, we have a few, you know, big private events that are out there, especially in the spring. So we have a couple of those coming up. Um, yeah, we do the. Do you team up with anybody? Do any cookouts or? Um, not yet. Okay. Um, any, any ideas? We want to have some fun and stuff. Like, have, you know, I'm in the shrine, so we talked about having, okay. you know, we get a man out there for everybody, get them cookouts and stuff like that. Uh, this fall, we talked about we want to do a concert out there. Okay. So, talking about uh, you know, maybe October, November, after it's cooled down a little bit, you know, getting uh, ours you know, and having a concert out there. And so, we're going to stage out there. That'd be awesome. Or a big shindig. Yeah. Uh, we did it once before we even opened just spending with our friends. So, we had a few bands out there for the weekend. Oh, that's Arm Lose. Okay. And so we just had our friends out, Edward, uh, and some bands come in. And, um, yeah, did two nights of it. And then we had uh, some local groups come out. One of them played, and the next night we had uh, artists I had discovered when I was in Denver. You know, we're just talking to the station. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm like Kevin Zoo. His name's Joe Firstman. 
the best beyond Carson Daly's last call. Foka is his band leader for the, that show. So I'd seen the play in Denver, she knew about him, so she kind of warned him our cohorts that we, we liked, and then she uh, worked at Lago, she booked him there, and so came out and played at Lago de Cunho, so when we were talking about this, we kind of got to know him a little bit and play there, so he's like, yeah, we'll come down and join her room, so we'll out, hang out for the weekend, play her show, so. Kind of cool to hang out with them and they get to know them well. Yeah. So he's in a band called the Cordovas now, so he just kind of formed that band when he came out there. And it's kind of you need to see how he's progressed over the years. Is he local or is he that for Nashville? Oh, he's in Nashville. Yeah, that's good. Okay. We'll play Nashville right now. So I'm still keeping in contact with him. And yeah, in town, try to go see him in Dallas, wherever he's away. Yeah, so, I think yeah. it'd be awesome to. Uh, uh, yeah, concert out there. Trying to figure out uh, what size artists we want to get out there. When you know, contact a few other people to go in on it with us and get a bigger artist, or right, so be fun to just have a big artist and then have that trick. But that we got the nice to stay. Yeah, it's good for yeah, few people. Right, get out there and just make all weekend of it. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Right? Speaking of fun, you guys just had a lot of fun at your neighbor down there, right? Yeah. Tom Lachero. Uh, yeah, Tom. Yeah. yeah. We nice. had Trent on this on the show yeah. uh, we a couple of episodes ago and talk about it. Talk. He's love, he like he knows the stuff. He yeah, likes to talk about it. He's definitely gotten into it since he's been there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it was great to see him transition into that place and, and he and he loves it so much and yeah. There was so much about it. All these like trans the humidor, so I was glad when I saw that yeah. when he st was starting that uh top. It's it funny whenever I knew he transitioned out, you know, I reached out to him and said, Look, man, I know what kind of guy you are. I, you can come do what I do pretty easily. He's like, Man, I got a couple irons in the fire and when I realized one of them was Dial Caro, I was like, All right, well yeah. I'll push you that way. I think you're better suited for that anyway. Yeah. Seems like he's having fun. Yeah, so you guys had to meet up, and, and what all did y'all get to do? So I, I, I've been talking to uh, Justin for a year plus about doing a barrel, because when Todd moved to town, about the same time we opened the ranch up for, for business, so we kind of been talking to him to kind of cross-promote each other. I uh, get you know, whiskey trail people to come in, yeah. come to stay at the ranch, can they do that? Right. We have at the ranch, come out to go to Ta and, and do tastings and tours and all that. So, you know, come in, you know, talking with Justin for quite a while. And then last year we we're talking about doing a barrel pick and and just having that for some friends and family and, yeah, uh, special guests and things like that to, to give out. And so, Finally, last uh, week, we got the uh, go-ahead to do it. And so we and a group of the, the guys went down there and had their help on, on picking out a barrel. And so um, I love the rise. I was kind of looking more toward the ride, trying to pick out a, a variety of stuff when the others go around. So we all get in there and tasted all those. Um, me and Hoss, you know, yep. we like our... High proof stuff, so trying to yeah. Uh, we're gonna have Hoss. Proofs. We're gonna have Hoss on. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be 
closer to the it's summertime. Okay. Uh, kind of got like lot booked really fast because there were certain people that I wanted on in certain genres. You know, I'm not picking just distillers. I'm not picking just brewers. Yeah. yeah. I want people right. all yeah backgrounds and entrepreneurs and 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 folks that are fundraising nonprofits and stuff like that. Get their name out stuff like that. Yeah. So, but then I thought, man, he's got such a name that yeah and, and and there's you know there's a group of guys that go up to the humidor tuesday nights because he gets up there on tuesday nights and his story so i want to tell his story you yeah. know and and how he's come to be and his personality it's just awesome but anyway yeah once once you see that one you'll you'll understand well i mean it's yeah hearing the name the first time yeah. is just know that that's somebody who has a, a a very strong aura around him that yeah, people gravitate to. He does. He also lives in that area. He lives in Palestine. Yep. He's um, you know, he knows Jason, Justin's brother. Yep. Jason owns Axon Oak. Yep. He has a relationship with him. Yep. Um, Oscar's a talk. Yeah. He has the tasting bar there, so he, he's you know well versed in everything. Sure. And plus. It's more of the stables of the group. And yeah. So we've become close since I've been in the uh, Whiskey Club. Yeah. Since we have the ranch out there. Yeah. And it's just in one of those categories, I'm like, hey, yeah, let's go with this. And so had Hoss and Luke and Daniel and a couple of my other friends yeah. go out there. We, last year we went out there just to do a tour and some tasting and we had a play day at the ranch. And so yeah. this year when you know, I finally got to do the barrel paint, I'm like, just have all the same guys come out and, and do this on the Nobelite stuff. Yep. And so went in, trying to pull all the, the samples, everything was good. And then like, you'd only pull one dry. I'm like, well, let's go try a few, a few more. Right. And I'm kind of leaning towards that. So we're out there and well, let's try this barrel. And so the first one, yeah. So just so it kind of knew that one right there. Yeah. He's, Y'all are in the barrel room. Yeah, right. Take us to the barrel room. And he's so got he's got the warehouse, you got the stills, the right. cats out there and everything. And so he's thieving out of barrels. Yeah. So we all have a Pouring it in your glass. All the glasses out there. Right. Non-filtered. Non-filtered. Yeah, non-filtered. So he he's got all the different sizes of whiskey barrels. So he's kind of looking for the twenty-five gallon one with rise. Like, all right, let's try this one. So he pulls over, pulls the bung out. You know, takes the top or thief and pours each glass somewhere. Yeah, there's there's a special experience about having a drink straight from the barrels. So yeah, you know, we get to do a tour where they pull from the barrel. It's just a, a different a different taste. And I don't know if it's mental or if it's truly just that amazing straight from the barrel. I mean, you but feel like a VIP. Yeah, it's a certain great experience to it. So yeah, if you get off to try it. Yeah, it's it's an awesome experience, and having that, you know, just you have employees from the distillery that are representing the distillery. Then you have Rick Masters that have set aside certain barrels as their kind of earmarked five star, four star barrels that they want to allocate towards picks because they know they're going to end up in people's hands, opened, and people are going to go, "Wow, this is better than what I find on the shelf." Yeah. Whether it's uh, a blend or what have you, it's just better because somebody here marked it 
and it just has a unique flavor to it, uh, profile. And then to have that one-on-one -on -one contact with some of the people that you care about so much and you trust, you know, with the experience, and you have someone thiefing it out of the barrel, just unfiltered. This has been in the Rick House for four, five, six years. Yeah. Here we are taking the bung out for maybe the first time in a long, long time. And other than other than the Rick Master tasting it, it's a truly unique experience. Yeah. And it's one that you never forget, especially when you find the right one. Right? Exactly. So yeah, that first ride that we went out and tasted out in the uh in the warehouse, yeah, we like yeah, there's something different about that one that was kind of the special one. I don't care how they're about yeah, that's there's definitely something there with that one. So, okay. And we did that, tried a few more, like, yeah, that was not as good as this one. It was good, but not as good. So we tried, uh, yeah, fell on that one. And we went over and tried a couple of uh, red and blue corn ones. Yeah, the first one he popped, the rain nose to like butterscotch. This is pure butterscotch nose to it. Um, the, the mouth taste was still great. So, and then we had sampled a red and blue corn that we, tried and kind of, you know, given samples to and toured before. We tried it last year when we had a little get together. Mm -hmm. That's right. What about that one? Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we still have, you know, a liking for, for this barrel here. And we can try another one just to make sure that we're not, it's just not all mental. And so we try that right with one. Like, yeah, that's, that's still good. And so I don't know if they necessarily were looking to get rid of that one, but, um, I got the rye barrel that I came in for, and then just so happened out of the, that tasting, the, the rest of the group that was there for the tasting decided to go ahead and get that barrel. Get the root. Yeah. yeah. So, so we'll have to stay nice, especially we'll, able to stay tuned. We'll just have to stay tuned where that ends up landing, right? With the, yeah, yeah, the barrel, and uh, I think we have a, a pretty good sticker idea for it. Too. Sweet. So, yeah. And the other thing to keep in mind is in this current age, I mean, there's a lot of debate about sourcing. You know, distillers buying juice that's been distilled already, mm -hmm. and it's important to know that Tyler Caro is grain glass. Yeah, grain glass, and it's and most of the, what they make is four grain. Yeah, but I think their rye is is maybe a different mash bill. I can't remember what Trent told us, uh, but it's yeah. it's still it still has a different yeast strand. Yeah, this others, but they're they're doing everything in house, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And it's cool to see the progress. Like four or five years ago, you know, they were learning, still learning a couple things here and there. And their stuff now is freaking crazy good. Yeah, it's some of my favorite, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's nice that it's right in our backyard, too. Yeah. yeah. And some of the first barrel picks I ever tasted were at Tawakera on accident. Mm -hmm. And the, the, one of my favorite local picks that's ever been done is Axon Oak Pick. Yeah. It was a fight club. Yeah. I don't know if you had those. Yeah. My God. I don't know if I love them. Yeah. Well, I had three. Now I have one. And so it's just, it's one that I grab all the time if I, if I can. And I, I have a pretty good relationship with Jason, too. We've done a couple picks with him. And he's just super great guy. I don't know Justin as much, yeah. but if he's anything like Jason, yeah. well, he's a odd, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't 
let you leave without talking about Kilimanjaro. Your wife forced me. So you were supposed to tell the story, and we kind of skipped past that part. But talk, talk. I can't, I don't even think I could fathom what it would take to do something like that. But you were doing it for a nonprofit, right? Yeah. So actually, when we were talking about things to discuss, I kind of forgotten that I had even done this or, you know, yeah. you know. Sometimes I don't feel like a lot of my stories are very that impressive, but in my watch, like, no, that's, <laughs> yeah, about that. that is and so, um, amazing. One of my buddies I grew up in Slido with, he lived in York, England, okay. for work. So his um, dad has a company in Slido, and then they have a European division named Val, so he's out running this European division. And his family had climbed Kilimanjaro once or twice before, and in the process, they had met a doctor from Alaska, and he was white. And so, part of the time they stayed in Alaska and, and worked on their profession, and the rest of the time they're over in Africa working with uh, orphanages. Mm. And so, Travis got this idea of raising some money for one of the orphanages and so he's like let's get a team together we'll raise money and climb Kilimanjaro so this was back in 2016 it's a little bit different than raising money and running like a half marathon yeah I know it's a little different so. or or like uh, uh Truvine and Tyler used to do like a a deal where you you run a mile but you drink like halfway through it or something <laughs> and you raise money that way That's, yeah Quite a bit different climbing Kilimanjaro. Yeah, it, it definitely, definitely different. Um, so, told me about it. It was actually on my bucket list of things to do was okay. climb Kilimanjaro. So I'm like, well, that's you know, serendipitous. <laughs> yeah. And so, finally, talked my wife into to let me go. She's she's a little nervous about right. you know, climbing a, a mountain halfway around the world. Right. Yeah, Africa's largest freestanding mountain. Um, and so it was a, a worthy cause. And so there is 13 of us on this trip. And it was only me and one guy from Austin that I hadn't known before from the States. I'm like, besides my friend who was just together. And then everybody else was from York. England, okay. and one guy from Australia, and then the doctor and his wife find with us too. Um, but we all raise money. Uh, can't remember exactly fifteen plus thousand dollars. Wow! Um, and so it went to an orphanage. I know I built a well for them and, and did a few other things yeah. to the the community. But yeah, the just the experience of going and never been to Africa before, so going to Tanzania, mm -hmm. um, get, get off the plane. I have a big, uh, huge duffel bag, it's red, um, north face. So it's pretty easy to spot when the luggage hurts coming around. Mm -hmm. um, it's done, I have the traditional turns out, you rarely see them bringing the, the luggage from the plane. And right. I don't see my back. Oh man. So I have my carry-on. It's a, a big hiking sack. Um, so I had the main essentials in there. 
case something happened, and like this. So my yeah. name bag didn't come through. So they lost my my bag. Well, wow. and luckily it was like two days before we climbed. Kept going to the hotel every day. I'm like hurrying thing and tell my bag. Like no, not yet. Finally, like the day before, they're like, okay, yes, your bags come in. They're gonna bring it I'm like, oh, thank you, because I could have hiked, but it would have been rough. even more rough and miserable than yeah. it was already going to be. So, because I had just the bare essentials to, to make it through. But luckily, when that came in, right. the last minute. So, I, I got lucky there. What was, was the one uh, thing that you would have just dreaded not having? No. can't remember exactly what I had in the personal bag versus the the, the essential bag. Um, was there any... Probably, probably I didn't have as much extra snacks and food and right. the personal bag, there's probably more... more uh, what was the hardest part of doing that? It was probably the, the stomach height because just the altitude at that point. I mean, yeah. uh, Kilimanjaro is around... 19,200 and some feet to the, the summit. Um, first day we're on the hike, it starts raining, so it's kind of miserable for the first yeah. day, half, two days. Um, at one point, we're literally crossing this blowing, gushing river. Yeah. And they said the day before it was a trickle, yeah. a stream we'd set over. Right. This way, we're having to find a, a safe point to be able to jump from rock to rock right. to down to get drops. This point, so yeah, at that point, you're like drying out everything, so it's a little miserable the first couple of days. Yeah. So, I'll from um, shovel train all the way up to the uh, desert tundra of glacier at the very top. So, you go through every you know level of kind of a ecosystem. We're at yeah, monkey and everything down here to bear and, and see ice glaciers in the, the distance. Well, uh, um, but you know, it was beautiful scenery. Um, you got these amazing sunset sunrises over you know clouds. You're literally above clouds. You see down on top of them as the sun rises and sets. Um, but yeah, that that summer day. Uh, yeah. Early, we start hiking to base camp for the summit, and kind of start getting some kind of acid reflux indigestion, and just kind of start dragging the day. And by the time we get to base camp, yeah, it's probably three or four in the afternoon. And I have a little meeting. Like, okay, I'm gonna have some dinner, um, then just go back to the tent, get everything ready because you summit in the middle of the night, and you know, it's. Um, so you're basically the moonlight to, to summit to, but I'm just feeling worse and worse as soon as we get to base camp. Um, kind of acid free flush and tasting the acid and you know, it's like, you start to kind of just want to curl up and ball. Um, about two o'clock, 11 o'clock, I feel like, okay, I start getting ready. I'm like, just the I just want to stay here, but, uh, I just pull myself, get the gumption up to, to make it out of the, the tent and, uh, you know, start climbing. So uh, one of the porters I'm like, let me take your your uh, backpack for you at least and carry that. 
we say, I'm not going to argue with him. Yeah. <laughs> so he, yeah. You know, I'm not, not going to be mad enough. And he's stubborn enough to say, I, I'm, I can do this. So I'm like, okay, here you go. I'm carry that up. Uh, but yeah, about an hour into it, kind of had a few uh, times to relieve myself and then be so much better. Oh, sir. Started climbing and yeah. About sunrise, you, you, you get that summit, and you know, it's just beautiful scenery. And then from there, technically two summits. So you first summit, and then another 30 minutes hour, up, and you get that second summit. See everything. Pretty hefty grade, or is it just pretty uh, gradual? It's too bad. It's a, it's a gradual grade. There's nothing super technical about it. Um, it's great that we the powders to. to yeah. uh, Pace ourselves. Yeah. Pacing is the the yeah. biggest thing. Yeah. Um, and the quarters are great. Uh, we had, you know, basically by the time we got to our camp for the night, they had our tent set up for us. They had That's our cook tent, so all we had to do is go um, drop so our stuff. We could go to, to the cook the, tent. The they had in more tea and, and worse, different things for us to eat drink. And, and they actually prepared all through this set. Sheesh. It was nice that so we didn't have to worry about all that once you had camp. So yeah. What was the best thing you ate? Uh, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Uh, on, the, on the actual summit. On the actual summit. All the way up. Um, uh, all the way down. Pull myself, get the gumption up to make it over. Through. They, it was surprising they had like, chicken and Start. different things like that. So we actually had some great food. Uh, and they had, quarters, like, I mean, you know, take your... Breakfast was backpack for you at least. Can't yeah. remember what they called it, but it was kind of like a green stuff. Yeah, I'm not all the food was really good for what you would expect climbing a mountain. Yeah, so it's better than a dehydrated pack of food that's here. It's better than what Frisbee said he had on his way to shoot guys. Yeah, well, so they made like a fermented milk. Oh, so goat milk. Yeah. That they kept in the lining of fucking stomachs. And they it fermented there. And that's and so the guys that were his porters were they they looked like Himalayan or Asian. But they spoke Russian. Pretty hefty grade or is it just pretty it wasn't too bad. It's a, it's a gradual There's He had two porters with super him about it. Um, and so you had two people speaking about the porters to yeah. know what they were saying. Pace ourselves. And, you're, and then you're eating stuff yeah, and drinking stuff that. Um, and, and then, you know, you don't want to grimace and you don't want to, like, say anything negatively. Yeah, there was a lot of red. And then when they were bringing the meat back, they cut it into chunks. Drop their stuff. We could go to. They were stopping at these villages and. It was kind of like a tribute. Yeah. They would give part of the meat to the, these villagers, and then the villagers would sit down with them. It's nice that we didn't have to worry about how to prepare it real nice. Yeah. Eat a little what was bit the best thing you ate? cheese is with them. Like, uh, on the, on the actual side. Pretty cool. By the time they got all the way up. At, at the bottom, all the way down. Almost all the meat was gone. Okay. And then they shot two. I think he shot two. I think it's what the episode said. He shot two. On the horse night, they had down, which took longer than breakfast was because they were stopping at all these villages. And I guess these porters kind of these families, and they'd have a little bit of 
Yeah, yeah all the food way was, was actually really good. For yeah, from Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were like so, yeah, so it's better than a, a dehydrated addition. Yeah, food that year. It's, it's better than yeah, what Frisbee said. It was a great story. Awesome story. Yeah, yeah. Well, so they <laughs> made like a fermented <laughs> milk. Four days uh, at the time. And, uh, right. It was like goat milk. Yeah. Uh, that they that kept in the uh, dining When uh, my wife and I went to and they, Utah. Fermented uh, for, and that's, and it's like 2020. The guys that were his porters. Yeah, it's been a couple years. Were, they looked like Himalayan or Asian. But they spoke Zion, Russian. Zion National Park. Yeah. Thanks. So, um, you imagine. And then, so we, we, we he had two porters up to Zion. Him by himself. And the first so day, he had two people speaking Russian. Thing out. We've been things. trained for a long time. And you're, and then we, you're eating was stuff. COVID, and we didn't want to wear masks. And then, and, uh, you know, you don't want to grimace. And just, you don't want to, like, reach but it was a lot of red we, we, okay. and then agreed that when they were bringing the, 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 the meat back they we were to do it and to do it we're about we were about they were stopping at these villages it was kind of like a tribute and they were going to do part of the meat to do it so to the map villagers a couple villagers would sit down in the bar maybe like an hour it was kind of prepare it real fast eat a little bit with them share cheese is with them and they too pretty cool by the time they got done your hygiene at the bottom anywhere almost all meat was gone your shoes and they shot two my wife she was thinking it was her waist and and then they have a couple waterfalls yeah, yeah. yeah. Once you go in, and most up. people go in okay. where you're just because they were stopping at all these villages. Yeah. Yeah. And, yes. and most of it's kind of you know, new. These, kind of swing these back families and, and they had a little enough. And then when you get on the way, way up, which we got into like yeah, yeah, they were like sit down at the table back there. It took us about seven hours. They did to get back there. Just yeah, your was a great story. So we we fly into Vegas. There's another way to get into it where and you the can first day, helicopter like map everything out. We've been, been trained for the, the other side of it. We, it was COVID. We didn't want to wear the and mask. hike seven miles and uh, downstream. We just and I was like, I ain't we just wanted to be outside. Down the canyon. We, I've repelled before. Kind of agreed but that I've never repelled it was a canyon. I was not good about to We do were going to do it. This is the time to do it. So we did that. We did archers, forties, which was awesome. 30s. It was really cold. And if we're going to do it, we were there. Because we went from under. We mapped out. We do a couple trail heads. It was thirty six. Nothing hard. You know, an hour most. It was wild. Go hour and then. We left there and went to Salt Lake City. And, then day and when two, we did Salt Lake City, I can't remember well, the name of the trip. trip you're hiking in one water anywhere from climbed like, a lot of elevations. You're so shooting quite a bit. all the way from and my wife. Mostly you're hiking up to the waist. Deer. And, and hiking, they have a couple waterfalls and boulders. So you have, you you have one, one way that you go in. Most people go in where you're just hiking at the first into the stream. And most of it's pretty big waterfall. That was the attraction. But then it we did way down into it, which we got into like the first one. mile five. And that was another like two and a half, three hours while to get back there. I think it took us about six, like, seven hours no, to get back there. No, we're not going to do that. 
You're having to use a that's, stick. That's awesome to get back there. Get out there and do and, those and things. People and get younger and younger. But you got to be healthy. You go. yeah. And so we decided to turn back. And it took us no time Before we move on, you got to rinse. The deal. And then you said you've never tasted the rinse. When we got into the candy, it was 104. And this is September. A lot of people don't know about this. This is E.H. Taylor barrel proof. It's that hot. When we got down, it was like 74 years. And the water was um, pretty cold. But there's another way you can get into this, it where you can helicopter this last year, in or you can drive into the, uh, the, the other side of it and rappel down one and then hike seven, seven miles downstream. Uh, yeah. And I was like, I ain't rappelling down <laughs> a canyon. Uh, I've rappelled before, but I've never rappelled really into a canyon. I was not going to do that. I'm a, actually so we did that, we did the R-Chiefs, which was awesome, yeah, yeah. really cold up there yeah, when we were like, there, because we went from 104, and then yeah. we got to the arches, yeah. it was 36, so it's filming, it was wild, and then we left there and went to Salt Lake City, and when we did Salt Lake City, I can't remember the name of the trailhead, but we did one where you climbed a lot of elevation, so we had to stop quite a bit, and it was mostly your hiking on boulders, your hiking boulder to boulder to boulder to boulder, it was pretty hard on your thighs, but at the first pool, they called it the first pool, first summit, they had a pretty big waterfall. What do you think of the the attraction? And it took us about four hours to get there. That was the first one. And then it was another like two and a half, three hours to get to the next pool. It was up in Breckery's this winter. And no, uh, so I'm not going to do that. But it, that's, that's, that's an awesome experience to get out there and do those it's things. It's hard to do those things. But you've got to be healthy to do it. Yeah. you got to take care of your body course. some and, and do those things. All right, yeah. before we move on, you got to rinse. When I first started buying in the winter. You said you've never tasted this. I wanted to bring it. So now it retails around one And so it is marked up a pretty good bit. This is E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof. Yeah, I'll let you it's funny that one of my first ones I ever um, got, I brought down to my folks' place. This and, is, oh, this, is this, this last year, this is 2023. So they, uh, they said it's 131.1. Yeah. Like, so it's definitely going to make a good old fashioned. Um, they just made it old fashioned, but I'm like, H. Taylor's high rye. This is not what you uh, do. With a, well, yeah, the I guess story you of each Taylor's a great story. That'll be actually, for another podcast. I'm actually a direct descendant. I started getting heavier yep. heavier into the genealogy and like my great great grandfather. Yeah. His great great grandfather. Yeah, so it's so it's pretty cool. My my grandfather's name was Blaine Taylor. So kind of Josh is yeah, but his see his great grandmother when he asked for it, I was like her maiden name. Just happened to have one open, so that's kind of the connection. I appreciate it. Wasn't yeah. You want some of this? I like to get every podcast the same. Pretty tasty. So, what do you think of the? I like for winners. Pretty tasty. Yeah, yeah. It's got a nice. Have made a difference whether that's mentors, family members, friends, acquaintances, anybody, anywhere, anything you want. It's marked up. Open. All I ask is that 
If you give a shout-out for kind of mention maybe why it's the retail is jumped on person knows when I first started buying new winners around like eighty dollars, maybe ninety hundred dollars. Now the retail's uh, around one forty. Yes, and so it is marked up a pretty good bit, but why is Stacy? Most people think a wife or a husband. Yeah. Yeah. it's funny the one of my first ones I ever got I brought down to my folks' place and I'm like, Oh, this is Amazing, amazing, Philosophy yeah. is it's some of stuff, but yeah, and she she's the yeah. uh, the rock, the person that's, on this one that's been there. So, you know, <laughs> nice reason I'm even here in Texas, so we're on mm-hmm. gotta give a shout out to her. Um, our boys at the ranch, you yeah, have to thank them. Josh is probably one of the better models, uh, part of it. And there's been a huge change of when he asked for it, I was like, What it was, just happened to have it one open, what it is. Today. Well, so, I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I like to end every podcast the same way. Um, I like for our guests to give some shout outs to people that uh, have made a difference, whether that's mentors, family members, friends, acquaintances, anybody, anywhere, anything you want. Open Sean, game. All I ask is that if you give a shout out, you kind of mention maybe why. So that way, that your person knows if you share this podcast with them, they kind of have an idea of what's going on. questions you have, they're there to help. First and foremost, I just have to thank my wife, Stacy. Most people thank a wife or a husband. Tons of people to give a shout out to you. It seems like the city, the city's kind of warmed up to the ranch and all seems great. It's going to get a lot of support from them, a lot of organizations in Tyler back to the ball ranch and starting to get a lot more corporate uh, non-profits and stuff that you can get there so tell people thank for the success of the ranch big part of the ranch too boys at the ranch yeah thank them they've been a big part of the ranch huge changes the grounds from in what it was when we got in, and Rice, passion that he loved, unfortunately, passed a few years ago, so it's great to you know, carry on the tradition and share it with people. All the you know, upgrades made to it, so my wife, Sean, our ranch manager, his wife, Jane, she works for Absolutely, man. It's awesome. Thanks for telling the story. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Appreciate you. Great job. Have me here and get to yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, appreciate, yeah, appreciate you. You had another event that somebody wanted you to be at, but you, you take one anyway. I appreciate that. I know. You already made a few years. I know. I know. 
Right, I really appreciate that and uh, really enjoy the story. It's a it's a cool thing. We're gonna attach you guys' link. Okay. Yeah, when we post it. Yeah, absolutely. Look everything straight through there. You can see what the range is about. Yeah. Shout out to you. Absolutely, man. It's been a great, great time talking to you. It's a great, great spot. I haven't been out there personally. I got invited to the first one. But I didn't get out. I know. I didn't make it. I know. I know. You're you're welcome to get. It seems like the city. We need to get out there for sure. I can't wait to to go out there and experience that area because it sounds exactly the type of type of area that I would enjoy for sure. Guys, yeah, get out there. I'm in this time. I'm in this time. Just don't plan it whenever I'm doing anything. Yeah, exactly. Is this, is this weekend good? Is this weekend good? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Man, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for being on. All right, episode 15 is done. We have episode 16 coming up. We've got a really, really cool guest for episode 16. It will be a Skype call, which I'm not really crazy about, but we do when we have these types of guests. It will be a national guest. We've got Kobe Desmond coming on. For, uh, he's a uh, marketing brand manager for Fortaleza. You will not want to miss that one. It's got a lot of good information. Thanks for telling the story. A lot of fun stuff. It'll be very interesting. Make sure you tune in to episode 15. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate you. You had another event that, that somebody wanted you to be at, but you... You came on anyway. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, you yeah. know, you'd already made it. Yeah. I know, I know. I really appreciate that, yeah. and uh, really enjoy the story. It's a, it's a cool thing. We're gonna attach you guys' link. Okay. Yeah. When we, we post it. The, the web link and everything to that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, you can look everything straight through there and see what the, the range is about. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. It's been a great, great. Time talking to you. Yeah, it's a great, uh, great spot. I haven't been out there personally. I got invited to the first one, but I didn't get out. I know. I didn't make it. I know. I know. You, you, you're, you're welcome to give me the business. We need to get out there for sure. I can't wait to uh, to go out there and experience that that area because it sounds exactly the type of uh, type of area that I enjoy for sure. Yeah, another you know kind of a guys getting out there. So I'm in this time. I'm in this time. Just don't play it uh, whenever I'm doing anything else. But I'll have to, you know, get with you first. Hey, dude. Yeah, exactly. All right. Is this, is this weekend good? Is this weekend good? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Man, I appreciate it. Thanks All so right. much for being on. Thank you. All right, episode 15 is done. We have episode 16 coming up. We've got a really, really cool guest for episode 16. It will be a Skype call, which I'm not really crazy about, but we do them when we have these types of guests. It will be a national guest. We've got Kobe Desmond coming on. for uh, He's a uh, marketing brand manager for Fortaleza. You will not want to miss that one. We've got a lot of good information to talk about, a lot of fun stuff. It'll be very interesting. Make sure you tune in to episode 15 and look forward to episode 16. Thanks so much. Have a good one.